Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, Cape Cod Times Facebook live show and podcast covering all things high school sports on Cape Cod. Happy New Year. It is Wednesday, January 2nd. Steve, welcome. Did you have a good year? Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Nice to get away for a little bit and uh, saw some good action before the break. And, Absolutely. And good to, but, of course, like everybody's good to get away from things for a while, and even if it's only a couple days. For sure. We're going to start with hockey today because there was a lot more hockey during winter break than there was basketball. Just plain and simple, there were way more hockey games. So that's what Steve and I both wound up covering the most of. So for hockey, it seems like Sandwich is kind of quietly making some noise now. Yeah, they've certainly put together a good season. You know, their official record is 3-0-2. They had the one loss to Barnstable, which is excluded. Mm-hmm. But they played well in that game. And, and I think this is a, certainly a great turnaround for this for this squad. They missed the play, postseason last year. Sean Connolly leads away with seven goals. Rob Cardillo is right behind him with six. Mike Barrasso, uh, Jack Hemian, um, all guys playing well. And Carson um, Schemenauer mm-hmm. has given a great effort between the pipes. So Sandwich seems to have the right pieces in the right places. They just have a whole slate of ACL games coming up, yeah. and that's going to be a true indicator of where this team is in terms of you know going far into the postseason or if they're just going to be a one-and-done. Uh, after playing Nantucket today, Sandwich plays Marshfield on the road in Pembroke. That's Saturday night. And then next week, they host Falmouth mm-hmm. and then visit DY. So certainly a difficult stretch, and if Sandwich can emerge from that, I say with uh, four games, I don't know, maybe a few ties in there and then a couple wins, mm-hmm. I think they're on the right road. Um, to, to not only make it back to the postseason, but certainly challenge Bourne and win back that Canal Cup. Always one of the more exciting games Definitely. of the year. Maybe also compete for what looks like it's going to be the last ACL ice hockey right. uh, championship ever. I mean, that's the thing about January. We're going to see this in basketball, too, when we get to that You know, in a few minutes, is very little league stuff, unless you play in a massive league like, like the Cape and Islands League, gets played in that first couple of weeks of December. It's a lot of non-conference games. And then you get a week off where you're maybe going to play a couple tournaments, obviously non-com- more non-conference stuff. And then January comes around, and that's when the league stuff really gets serious, especially for teams that play in smaller leagues like the ACL, the Old Colony League, which Barnstable was in, even the South Shore League, Tobin, which only I think has five teams. So a lot of these teams now is when they really need to get serious. And in the next couple of weeks is when we're going to really see a lot of movement and solidification of the league standings. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those teams I know that's going to be tested this week is Upper Cape. They're yeah. six and one so far. Dominant week for the Rams. Outscored their two opponents nineteen to nothing <laughs> last week. I mean, I think both of us kind of saw that coming. There's a lot of kind of not a lot of parity um, yeah. amongst in that league. But you know, forty eight goals combined this year. Credit where credit to do. And mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to see the Rams this week. First, they visit Tri County. That's up in Franklin tonight, yep. Wednesday. Tri-County is a 4-1 winner over South Shore of Oak, but that's a team, Upper Cape, a game you went to. Upper Cape beat them 10 nothing yeah, last week. It was, it was not close. Right, but then they faced Mashby Monomoy standout goalie Jack Dano. That's 7.40 p.m. Uh, Saturday at HYCC. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be a physical grinding game. Could even end up in a tie. Even. Yeah. You got a really good defense going up against really good offense. Um, and it'll certainly be Upper Cape's, I think, best measuring stick so far. They did have that one loss to Southeastern, but mm-hmm. these are two Cape teams, two teams that kind of differ in style of play, but I think match up really well uh, against each other. So we'll see what happens. You know, Josh Winiarski, Kevin Flynn, Joey McArdle, John Michael Ballard, all these guys have been impressive mm-hmm. on the front end. I also had Bobby Cannon to that list. Bobby the Cannon, games that's I've right. seen with him, he's played very well as part of that kind of front group. Right. Uh, and you got to see them play a little bit. Well, what was it like seeing it out there? I mean, it's just... 
to total domination for three yeah, periods? I mean, I, again, I, I wouldn't necessarily put too much stock in the South Shore Vogue victory. They were, I think there was a pretty good competitive imbalance in that game. But that front line, the chemistry they have with each other, their ability to find each other, to move the puck across the ice, to get from the circles to the slot, all of that, they executed at a very high level. A lot of that, I think, is because they're all upperclassmen. They've all been playing together for a few years at least. Mm-hmm. I know one team that was absolutely uh, excited to relax a little bit this week is found with an absolutely grueling stretch for the Clippers mm-hmm. who managed to go 1-1-1 and this past week. Found the score in the last minute to tie Archbishop Williams in a physical contest Wednesday. The next night, they lost to Westford Academy, and this is in the Ray Kenny tournament, Christmas tournament that they hosted. Mm-hmm. And then they grinded out a 2 nothing win New Year's Eve against Bridgewater Raynham, a very difficult game, but another shutout for the Clippers, mm-hmm. um, who only gave up 15 shots in that game. So a nice way to kind of for them to bounce back and finish the week on a high note. Um, Nick Champagny's been as good as advertised, five goals, two assists, but Stone Devlin, I think we talked a little bit about mm-hmm, him the first definitely. two weeks, has really stepped up the sophomore and played with that first line. He's been on different special teams, power play units, and stuff like that. But I know Coach Paul Moore's been really high on Jake Rosado. He scored the tying goal against Archbishop Williams, just a complete grinder out there, almost mm-hmm. like kind of your Pertouche Bergeron. You know, people yesterday were talking about that back check of, of Bergeron helping to lead to that uh I think go-ahead goal in the third period. He's just one of those kind of guys who's just he's going to make big plays for you when you least expect it, mm-hmm. and it turned into uh, a rewarding thing for him. So um, all these guys are playing great, but again, kind of like Falmouth, they're going to start hitting some of these conference games yeah. soon. Um, I think the offense is going to be fine, though, overall. Defense has made some mistakes at times, gotten out of system and position. And, you know, when you get into some of these league games against the Marshfields and mm-hmm. even the Sandwiches of the World, that can't happen because Definitely. that's how you're going to get exposed. Um, but you know, I think with the right adjustments, I think Falmouth could really go on a roll and defend its ACL title. You know, they host DY on Saturday, so it'll be a nice, you know, five days off from gameplay mm-hmm. and get ready for this stretch. And then the next games are at Sandwich, home against Nosset, and then at Marshfield, and ending that next week with a game at Barnstable in front of a raucous crowd. Which so the Barnstable Falmouth uh, ice hockey games are maybe second only to the football right. games in or. And some people will probably say more popular than the football games. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Certainly it uh, doesn't get any easier for Falmouth, but mm-hmm. some more ga- some more meaningful games, I think, coming up against some on-cape competition. Definitely. Barnstable playing pretty well, too. You know, they beat Burlington 4-3 in their last game. Uh, uh, and then the, that was – I'm sorry. Yeah. Burlington was a Super 8 team last year, yeah. so that was a very impressive victory right, for go. them. Um, and then they beat Milton on Saturday. So they're playing pretty well, but they're going to hit a, a stretch now too. They're going to have to go on the road to Coyle Cassidy and then Bridgewater Raynham, which is a old Colony League opponent. Then they've got DY, which is winnable, but I've also seen – I've been at DY Barnstable games, and DY can, can sometimes – mini rivalry in there, yeah. even in hockey. Um, and then, you know, all of that is kind of setting up the Falmouth game, which – Regardless of what else Barnstable does this year, if they can win that game, that's a huge like point of uh, celebration for the seniors, I think. Yeah, absolutely, especially because the last two games played in high ends have come to ties. So yeah. I'm sure those seniors finally want to win over Falmouth on mm-hmm. home ice and uh, and quiet the uh, the visiting crowd. Yeah. Um, just to mention, Jack Cordero has been an outstanding leader for this team, almost kind of like I just mentioned, Jake Rosado. Three goals, six assists to lead Barnstable in points. Um, is it Chris? Um, is not the only Cordero contributing. Chris Cordero has been great on faceoffs. He mm-hmm. won two late against Burlington, kind of helped them clear the zone. So, uh, definitely good play all around. And 
you know, Barnstable's got a nice job responding after blowing that 2 nothing lead to Zivarian in the opener. So mm-hmm. we'll see where Barnstable goes. And it, it's always great when you see Falmouth and Barnstable with two great teams and then they get to clash. Definitely. Because it truly is in anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Um, flipping over to the girls' side, you know, young Clipper squad, or young Falmouth squad, <laughs> scored a great win over Barnstable on Saturday, 3-2. They snapped a three-game losing skid in the series with uh, freshman Sam McKenzie scoring twice, including mm-hmm. the winner with 518 left. You know, we looked into this game, you know, found clearly a young team, you know, bunch of eighth graders you know, starting for them. And we're still able to knock off Barnesville for who for a while we kind of thought was the second best. And Fallon said, mm-hmm. well, maybe not so fast. Yeah, right. It is a rivalry, yeah. you know, a good crowd there. Um, but seniors, you know, the, the seniors that are on Falmouth's team, Maddie Robichaud, Hannah Toby, Jackie Tolino, mm-hmm. have really been key in mentoring these players, including Megan Azado, who's really helped on def- defensively kind of slow down that Barnesville offense, which has scored really well mm-hmm. and, and only scored twice uh, against Falmouth on Saturday night. So a, a huge effort by Falmouth. They're going to host a one-win Beverly-Danvers team tonight, and if they can win that, um, that's going to set up a big um, excuse me, ACL showdown with DY happening this Saturday. You know, these teams split last year, and you know I think this will actually show maybe who's, who's the better team on the Cape. Mm-hmm. And DY is coming off a loss, so I mean we'll talk about that in a minute. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, going to Barnstable, though, you know, it's not a devastating loss, but I think a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still 3-3 three and three after this tough stretch of games. They played teams like Duxbury and obviously D.Y. and haven't looked great. I think the big question going forward is their goaltending. Lisa, Lisa Alto, she struggled at times. But I think that also falls a little bit on the defense, too. Mm-hmm. It's not all her fault. You know, when, when you get breakaways, you know, there's only so much a goalie's going to do. They're not going to make a save every time. Definitely. Um, so, and the defense is young. It's kind of led by that sophomore, Kate Brewster, Coach Peter Nunez is high on. But as a sophomore, she's, gonna, I think, going to have to step up if Barnstable is going to turn things around. Definitely. You know, the Barnstable and D.Y. were the two best girls hockey teams on the Cape last That's winter. True. They both made it to the state quarterfinals. Uh, girls hockey doesn't do the sectionals quite the same way the boys do. It's two or, state tournaments. Yeah, it's it. just two state tournaments. I think it's five total rounds per maybe six, but... Depends so, on the number of teams, yeah. yeah. So essentially the state quarters and the sectional finals are kind of the equivalent round. So they were both very well. They went deep. But Barnstable graduated a lot of its really key players off that team. D.Y., as we'll talk about next, didn't. And that's why we're seeing D.Y. just continue to surge, even with their you know losing once Barnstable... It's been a little less, a uh, bit, bit more of a struggle with them, I think. Yeah, and Barnstable still has talent on that team. Now, oh, Sean really? McInerney yeah. is like one of the best scorers on the Cape, if not mm-hmm. the best. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the two McGaffigan twins, Kaylin Aver, might challenge that. But at uh, the yeah. same time, <laughs> she's a very skilled player, and I, I think she's going to get that team together and hopefully turn things around for the Red Raiders. Um, but DY4-1 is not going to be a perfect season like field hockey. Yeah. They lost to a senior-laden Oral squad on Saturday, 3-2. Sam Johnson, Kayla McGaffigan both store, scored, but uh, Norwell got a late tally for the winner. Um, look, looking at this team, you know, John Shaw talks a lot about defense. You know, Lucy Reed, she's been a solid goaltender, but I, I think we've yet to see her steal a game for this team. You know, there's going to be times where the offense isn't always clicking mm-hmm. in games like this, and we haven't really seen her really steal a game for, for D.Y. yet. And in fairness, there's not a lot of goalies you can say that about. Yeah, right. At least in girls <laughs> hockey on the Cape. So I don't want to be unfair, but that's just kind of the situation that DY is dealing with. I think they're going to need at least three goals mm-hmm. 
sometimes to, to, to be a winner. I mean, obviously that depends on who they play. There's going to be some nights where they can blow a team out of the building. Some of these ACL games, whether Which it's a really young Sammer squad this season already, but so. when it gets to these, you know, kind of rubber meets the road games, playing the King Phillips as they do tonight on the road in a rematch. Mm-hmm. And that was a three, two game too. Yeah. You, you kind of just notice that when they score three or more goals, DY seems to be better off, but that's not always going to happen, especially when you get to the state tournament, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. So certainly that defense has some room for improvement. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens this week. So again, at King Phillip tonight, that's a team that, that DY beat three, two, a couple of weeks ago. And then, um, they're going to host Falmouth. So that'll be a nice showdown Saturday and we'll see how that team responds. Um, so yeah. And then real quick, one last note on girls hockey, quick shout out to the, uh, SJP St. John Paul two girls mm-hmm. club hockey team who debuted this past Saturday against Barnstable's JV squad. Scored a 7-2 win uh, in, in that game and really looked impressive. You know, it wasn't a perfect start for the Lions. They actually mm-hmm. gave up a goal 20 seconds in, and you're thinking, oh, no. Right. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but th- this team really responded well. They found open players through the slot and on breakaways. And with several 7th and 8th graders, really kind of held its own. And, you know, this is a budding program with, I think, sh- can show some promise moving forward. And there's certainly room for girls hockey on the Cape to, to keep growing and, and expand. So. I agree. You know, I, I think... I've talked to um, the athletic director at St. John Paul, uh, Mark Santos, about the girls' hockey program. And, you know, he said, you know, they had a meeting in the fall just to see how many people there were. And based on that, they were going to determine what the best level of competition for them to play at was going to be for this winter. They're going to go club now. If they can keep their numbers up, you know, you mentioned that they have a lot of 7th and 8th graders, then... Maybe the next year they jump to JV in a couple of years. Once all those kids are freshmen, maybe they start start trying them out as a varsity squad. But, yeah, it's kind of been a gap in the St. John Paul athletic offerings uh, was girls hockey. So it's nice to see them fill that and offer it uh, for their students that clearly there are enough that want it. Right. So the Lions are going to have eight or, about eight or ten. I think they're trying to get a few scrimmages. They're going to scrimmage teams like at Nantucket, for example, yeah. mostly against JV squads just mm-hmm. to, to get that experience. and. The thing is with hockey, too, a lot of these girls play club hockey, so it's not oh, like yeah. they're completely unfamiliar. But, of course, anytime you can play for your school and the sport you excel at, you're going to want to take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to basketball, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, as we start 2019, there is still only – there's only one undefeated team left. That's Cape Cod Academy. They didn't play last week, so nothing has changed since the last time we talked about them. They're still 5-0. and They've been off for a pretty long time. Their last game was December 20th, and their next one isn't until next Tuesday, which is a home game against St. John Paul II, a, a Cape and Islands League game. You know, we'll see how big this, uh, how much this layover affects guys like Alex Marchant, Jane Greenleaf, uh, Andrew James, you know, the big names for the Seahawks this year. St. John Paul, they're 2-3 and three this season, but they have some good shooters. I was able to catch them uh, in a game right before Christmas, I think, and... You know, if the Seahawks want to compete for the Cape and Islands League, they can't overlook teams like this. You know, teams that can very easily beat them if they're sloppy or get too casual with their style of play. And I think this is a team that believes it can compete for a league title. Absolutely. And I mean, it it is tough coming off a break like that. I'm sure the first quarter might be a little sloppy, but, you know, we've seen this team shoot lights out at the beginning of games too. So you're really not sure what you're going to get, you know, six days from now, but I'm sure there's been a lot of conditioning, a lot of drills, a mm-hmm. lot of installing different offenses and maybe defenses and stuff like that. So 
I'm sure Coach um, Adam Rose has taken his time to, to, to make the best with his time and almost sort of like a bye week to sure. recuperate, get some players who might be a little banged up early in the year. I know one of them got a little banged up in that Nantucket game. Uh, that was so long ago. Right. But, yeah, but I think Greenleaf has had some health issues a little bit, some injury or, or lack of availability issues this uh, in the first three weeks. So it's nice to, yeah, get everybody healthy. Figure out if there's something you want to, you know, add to your team's defense or offense, and really get a while to drill it in and make sure it's solid. So, we'll see how they uh, how they come back come next Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, one of the biggest surprises over this past weekend, one of the few basketball games we had was Nasset and Nantucket, and mm-hmm. surprised a couple of us. Nantucket actually pulled off the victory. Yeah. You know, um, Bobby Joy had 18 points in that game. Nasset hit 10 three pointers, as they tend to usually They're average. Pretty good outside shooting. But team, I, th- yeah. I think we saw that you kind of live and die by the three, and when not all those shots are falling, that can be a bit of a detriment. And, and look, Nantucket's a solid squad. Mm-hmm. You can't take that away. You know, they did lose to Cape Cod Academy, but as you just we just talked about, Cape Cod Academy's undefeated. So, um, yeah, you know, with- it's an interesting game. But uh, yeah, again, I think Nantucket. I think has shown that hey. We may be Division Four, but we can. We'll take on anybody. Absolutely, they've always. I mean, Nantucket teams, their speed and athleticism, which also characterizes their football team usually, mm-hmm. uh, which there's a lot of crossover between those two rosters. Uh, that's always sort of what I've noticed watching them play, and even against CCA, they definitely brought that. I think CCA just they kept be- feeding on themselves on their own momentum to win that game. You know, they Bobby Joy had 18 points against Nantucket, uh, but the other big scores for NASA that we've seen this year, those were the ones Nantucket was able to hold in check. They held uh, Abdel Flabi and Henry Blanchard for just 13 combined points. Both of them were consistently double-digit scorers before that. For instance, when they beat Norton on Thursday, Blanchard scored 16 points and had seven field goals. Bobby Joy, I mean, he has been the driving force for this NASA offense. He's got back-to-back 18-point games. He's scored 114 points over five games, which is almost 23 a game. We're also starting to see some good stuff from Liam O'Hara, uh, who didn't start off great, but in his last couple of games, he's averaging 14 points. So if he can step up and Joy can keep reducing, and then either Talabi or Blanchard or ideally both can come up, that I think is the uh, really the winning formula for this Nasset offense. But they've got some big, big games coming up this week. So they host Monomoy on Friday. And then they got Marshfield on January 8th at home, at Falmouth on the 11th, and then they host Dennis Yarmouth on the 15th. That that stretch of eight days is going to say a lot about the ACL final standings, I think. Absolutely. And a lot of these teams play really good defense, too. So we'll mm-hmm. see you know, how Knott's responds to that. I know Monomoy's MO has always been defense. and. Yeah. Could expect another, you know, game where both teams score in the fifties, or maybe the low sixties or something like that. So, I wonder um, if Bobby Joy is going to wind up covering uh, Stafford for Monomoy, who's like their really good outside shooter, um, and one of their principal ball hander, handlers. I uh, would really like to see how that matchup would yeah, shake out. No, absolutely. Uh, another team that stood out so far is DY four and one. Mm-hmm. Um, they won. They went one and one over the break. You know. Wellesley, we thought might be a big test, but the Raiders, you know, would, were clearly the better team in that Rockland tournament, much bigger school. Mm-hmm. They held uh, Logan Grosick, the DY's leading scorer, to 10 points. Darian Thompson only had seven, Jaquan Phillips six. 
Uh, Grosick only had two, two baskets in that game, and yeah. as we're seeing a lot this year, a lot of points coming from free throws. Which, when you're a center, is going to happen. I mean, right. they're going to foul you. Teams so. aren't afraid to to play physically. Yeah, like you said, against a tall guy like Grosick who can throw it down. Exactly. You're almost a hack-a-shack strategy on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but D.Y. turned it around. The next day, they beat Rockland by three points. That was in Rockland's gym, so you know the crowd was not on their side. Grosick had 10 points again. Uh, but this time, Alex Stowe scored 16. And he was also really critical uh, in DY's win over Monomoy two weeks ago, which was a game we, where we thought that kind of that show DY can win when Grosick is contained a little bit by the defense. So if he's going to draw their attention this season, then Stowe might be one of the guys who can swing these games one way or the other. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. DY uh, is playing Plymouth South at home. Great. So, uh, got a couple of interesting games this week. I know the one that always catches my attention is uh, Sturgis East and Sturgis West. Yep, that's that's going to be a boys-girls doubleheader. Mm-hmm. I believe the the Bo- girls start first. No, no the boys, the boys are, are first start at five thirty, and then the girls are after around seven p.m. Right. Depending, maybe seven fifteen, maybe seven thirty. Uh, yeah, these are big Cape and Islands league games for all both teams. Sturgis East and West. It's a rivalry, but it's still one school. It's kind of an interesting environment. I've covered the East-West games before in multiple sports. Uh, and HYCC, when it's filled and when it's got people cheering from the balcony, the running track up above the gymnasium, it's a fun environment to mm-hmm. watch a game from. Yeah, I mean, you really don't get a lot of gyms where fans are up that high over mm-hmm. the court and the noise kind of just carries down. Carries, yeah, and like, kind of like the old, t- uh, the old uh, Boston Garden a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, in a lot yeah. of ways because the um, bleachers in HYCC are very far back, they're kind of underneath the right. walking track against the wall that faces the uh, parking lot. Mm-hmm. It feels like the calls coming from the balcony, from the running track, are actually louder and closer than <laughs> from the uh, the bleachers themselves. Right. It's not the only big game. Barnstable boys are back at it. They're going to play at Bridgewater Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to kick off their old Colony League schedule. Um, that's going to be f- Friday, and then on Saturday, uh, a couple more big Cape and Islands League games. Sturgis West boys visit Nantucket. Nantucket looking to follow it up with a uh, uh, with another Cape and Islands League win. Mm-hmm. And then the or, same teams, right. but the girls they're going to play at uh, HYCC. So right. more league stuff. We're going to be talking a lot about league standings and league matchups. I think in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. we'll flip over to the girls' side. So. They Mashpee lost for the first time. They're 7-1 and one now. They lost 53-31 to Wareham in that Holidays Are For Everyone tournament. Probably not the way the Falcons wanted to close out 2018, but Wareham is also a D3 team, so they are bigger. They have more kids. Not a team Mashpee might face in the playoffs. And at this point, they played so well in their first three weeks that it's very likely that there will be a playoffs for this team, and that's... I'm sure the first goal this team set out to accomplish, and they're already two wins, three wins away from achieving that. So they could have that by the end of next week. Yeah, I mean, I think the Falcons were kind of due for a game like this at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, it better happen now than when you're really, you know, competing for something or it's win or go home. So, like you said, Wareham's a division up. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, might actually help you when you look at your schedule and who yeah. you played if it helps maybe get a number one or a number two seed. Sure. I think you can even exclude it if you want to. Yeah, I'm not sure if they excluded that one or not because it was a tournament setting. Yep. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work in terms of girls' basketball. But, yep. um, yeah, we saw Maya Peters and Ashley Keller are clearly the Mashby's two best players limited. Um, Peters had 12 points. Keller had 13. 
And uh, again, the teams are obviously going to be keen on on mm. both of them. And, and when one of them or both of them don't have a good shooting night, that's not just not going to be a good thing for Mashpee. So certainly going to need some other secondary players to step up for that squad. Definitely. Although when they do step up, they seem to be have enough for at least the D four teams that they mm-hmm. might face down the line. Case in point, they played Sturgis East, you know, one day before Wareham. So there's probably also some just lingering tiredness left mm-hmm. over for that Wareham game. And in that one, it was Kelleher with 13 points. She's up to 109 through the first eight games of the season. I think this team is going to go as far as Kelleher and Peters can take them. But they beat Sturgis East, who is a good team that is very much in contention for the Cape and Islands League title and could very well be a playoff opponent. So I feel like that's the game Mashby can learn more from. Um, Mashby is back at, in, in action Wednesday. They're at Cohasset, some more South Shore League games. Uh, they've played, I think, at least one league game already, and it was a close one. So we'll see how they continue to match up within their conference. Right. Another team I'm sure we're looking forward to see back in action is Barnstable. Only three games this year, 2-1. Yep. It seems kind of weird to think it's been a whole over a month now of yeah. the season going on. Because they didn't really right? play anybody right. during the uh, winter break. So. Right, and, and the last game was December 18th, a mm-hmm. tough loss to a very strong, very, very quick Bar- Brockton. Brockton squad. Yeah, yep. so They're back in Brockton today. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I saw the Barnstable-Brockton game in Barnstable, you know, in Hyannis, and it wasn't very close. I mean, it was close at times, but Brockton's defense was just way too much for Barnstable to handle. I think the same thing might wind up happening tonight, but... Carly Whiteside is just six points away from 1,000. So she'll either get that tonight. It's very likely she'll get that tonight. Um, but if not, uh, Barnstable opens its OCL season against Bridgewater Raynham on Friday at home. And I, if Whiteside can't get it in Brockton today, I'm sure she'd love to get it on her home gym. Yeah, it's kind of – you don't see that too often, you know, players getting that on the road. It's not mm-hmm. maybe the same. I'm sure the next game, if she does get it tonight, they'll Probably do some sort of ceremony. Yeah, yeah. but – you know, hey, a thousand points is a thousand points, and Whiteside, who didn't even play last year, to to reach a yeah. thousand in in that span is pretty amazing. And and yeah, she's gonna have to really put the team on her back tonight. I think have one of those really dominating mm-hmm. Barnes. See, the thing is with Barnes, but it's interesting against Brockton is that I think they have to kind of go contrary for what they're trying to do all year, and they're right. actually gonna have to slow the game down. Yes, right. Try to set it up to Whiteside, even in the high post, because she can hit from the outside mm-hmm. too. That's not going to work all game, but, you know, varying it up where she goes so she's not just posted up on the inside. Right. I think if they can move her around and then try to maybe slow down Brockton's offensive pace a little bit, it could work out. That'll help, but the big thing they got to do is take care of the ball in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. I mean, they faced a very tough full-court press right. that forced a lot of bad passes. Sometimes it was straight-up steals. Sometimes it was just passes out of bounds, but they cannot let that defense – trick them into making bad passes, into throwing away possessions. Uh, they've got to have enough people flashing back to the ball to give everybody good passing outlets. And when they can make it a half-court game, they could compete. If they're trying to play at that same speed at a full-court pace, they struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, moving Whiteside around and, and getting it to her, obviously essential, even if she's shooting from the outside. But they got to get the ball across mid-court and they couldn't do that consistently uh, in the last time they played uh, Brockton. So we're going to finish up with the Falmouth girl, or mm-hmm. finish up girls basketball with Falmouth. Uh, two and one, you know, the Clippers are going to start this year on a two-game win streak after yeah, winning the, the Quincy Holiday Tournament. Yeah, 
one of the only tournament winners we saw, and all, although not all tournaments had winners, some of them just play it out. Yeah, and, <laughs> the holiday tournament, right. the the one that Mashpee organized, there's there was no winner for right. that. Um, but obviously, Kayla Thomas has been really impressive. 37 points uh, combined in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Found with kind of their MO has been defense, and mm-hmm. I think we've seen them really step up this year, especially against Silver Lake. Yeah, the they first kept round. Silver Lake completely in check in that. Right. But then plenty of good talent around. You know, 24 points from Mariana Silva, uh, Silvia, who we saw really excel in uh, soccer this past mm-hmm. season. Uh, nice to see her on board. And then Emily Nelson was 17. So um, that's that was really pl- enough of a recipe to to – win the tournament there and then really turn this team into the right direction. Absolutely. And those are the big names. I mean, you want to cr- contrast with Falmouth's loss this season, which was to Coyle Cassidy, which is the defending division four state champion. So obviously a very good team. Uh, Thomas had, Kayla Thomas had just nine points in that game. Silva held to four Nelson zero, you know, so those are kind of the players that if they can get them going, they're great. If they get held in check, then Falmouth's offense kind of struggles They've got Plymouth North at home today, and then, you know, more ACL stuff. They have four consecutive ACL matches coming up. They're at DY on Friday. They are against Sandwich at home on Tuesday. They are at Nauset on January 11th, and then they are home against Marshfield on January 15th. So, again, you know, a little under two weeks and a lot of league stuff about to happen. Yeah, I'm really looking forward particularly to that game at Nauset on the 11th. You know, Falmouth had a lead over Nauset mm-hmm. earlier, uh, earlier last year now. And uh, certainly these two teams can certainly compete for the title, and then we'll see where we go going forward. Um, Want to hit wrestling real quickly here. So Sandwich's Paul Cody, a second-place finish at 152 pounds of the Marshall Holiday Tournament. You know, great showing. Uh, in a huge tournament. Right. I mean, it's like 38, 39 teams in that Yeah, we, we talked about it last week. You know, a good placing here kind of sets the table moving forward. There's no guarantee, of course. It doesn't really win you anything. Mm-hmm. But it is certainly something to kind of – Knocked on your belt. Hey, I was in the final match in this right. tournament. Um, Cody lost to St. John Preps. Achilles, Jikas, uh, G- uh, 3 nothing by decision in the final. But as I said last week, this is an indicator of postseason success. And I know Cody, who won a sectional title last year, mm-hmm. has his sights on doing that again, making a run at all states and possibly New England. Absolutely. I'm sure New England is obviously the ultimate goal. I mean, once right. you get to New England, you almost don't even care where you place. You just to know you're one of the best in the region. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty tremendous honor. So and three O is a really close wrestling match. I mean, three O is means a that's a takedown yeah, and maybe and a, a an escape. Yeah. So um, yeah, not not a lot of room for error there in matches like that. But uh, he hasn't been the only one impressive. Sandwiches Connor Keegan has made a nice little run uh, along with Marshall's Joe Molina at 160 and Mike Stanley 138. All of them earned fourth mm-hmm. in their respective weight classes. So. I think they all kind of showed some promise, you know, making it to that third place bout. Of course, n- none of them won it there, but again, I think that kind of sets uh, a pace for them and say, okay, mm-hmm. we're still we're still there. We just need to make a few adjustments. And once the uh, tournament action comes around, that's Definitely. where that'll decide everything. So we have a little bit more tournament stuff coming this weekend. Barnesville is going to be at the Whitman Hanson tournament. Noss is going to be at Co- the Cohasset Invitational. And then Sandwich is going to host a quad meet. Mm-hmm. All those matches are Saturday morning, begin Saturday morning, because um, nothing ever gets over in the morning in wrestling. Uh, no. no, it's usually an all day or multiple day affair. <laughs> you know, and the reason we focus on these tournaments is because when you get to sectionals and states in New England, that's what they are. And, you know, you a wrestle back to back. Yeah, dual meet is great. There's tons you can learn about yourself and your team from dual meet results. But how a team does in tournament play, that's the biggest indicator of how they're going to do in the postseason, you know, in 
in a couple of months. Uh, we'll finish up with swimming. So junior uh, from Nantucket, Tyler Rethke, he's at a Bay Colony Conference record, uh, while uh, senior James Taffy also set a school record as Nantucket. The boys and the girls, they uh, beat Ashland on the island. And this is very common with Rethke. He was one of my top 10, you know, individual standouts uh, from the whole 2018. He's a defending state champion, obviously. These are the names we expected to do really well for Nantucket this year, and they're just continuing to clean up so far. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Nantucket sort of establish itself as a powerhouse in its own sense, at least in the area. I mean, there's only so many schools that offer swimming, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I think even though Nossett's produced some good swimmers, you just see Nantucket just completely run away with it. And Rethke's record um, was 4 minutes, uh, 41.56 seconds in the 500-yard mm -hmm. freestyle, the one race where... I have a lot of respect for anybody who swims the 500. That's a long race. It's hard to do a 50. Yeah. 500 is a lot. And to concentrate a lot of laps. You can't mm -hmm. really see where your competition yeah. is because everyone's Cause getting lapped at a certain out, point. Yeah. Right? So it's a very long and grueling race, and, and credit to him. You know, He beat the previous record of 4 minutes, 44 second, or 44.7 seconds, um, set back in 2011 by a Coil and Cassidy swimmer. So, um, it's also... It's also cool to see that just because he has up until this point been more of right. a 50 and 100 meter swimmer, more of a sprint sprint swimmer. Right. This is a whole other set of skills to be able to do distance swimming and to set a record in that really speaks to the completeness of his skill set. Hey, and that certainly helps with colleges to, to see, oh, yeah. hey, you have the flexibility. If you had to jump into this race, go. Mm -hmm. you know. So we'll see where he ends up. But certainly I agree that he was absolutely deserving of the top 10 individual recognitions. And if you haven't seen that yet, check out capecuttimes.com slash sports. You can also check out our top 18 yeah. moments for 2018. Steve's list. Of really the end of my list. Yeah. Um, we each did a list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really good stuff um, coming together. But moving forward, we get to see who gets to make the first memories of 2019 absolutely. starting tonight. Um, and if you missed any of this show, you can check it out again, capecuttimes.com slash sports. You can also check out our Cape Cut Times Facebook page or download the podcast on the app, uh, on the app store or Google play store. Um, it's available for all, uh, Android and Apple devices, um, for all game updates, uh, visit our Twitter account at sports CCT. I'm also on Twitter at Steve underscore Derdarian. That's D E R D E R I A N. And I am at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Happy New Year again. Be safe out there. See you next week.